Racial diversity in entertainment. That's our conversation today on the Neon Fish Podcast. Welcome again to the Neon Fish Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Newsom. Thank you for joining us, whether you're on YouTube, watching with video, or on your favorite podcast app with audio. Thank you once again for being here. Today, I'm pleased to have with me my guests, Donovan Neal and Parker J. Cole, both authors, uh, Christian writers, and they are here to have a conversation with me. Thank you, Donovan and Parker, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Now, we're going to uh, talk about a what, what might wind up being a taboo subject. We're going to talk about a little bit of the whole racial issues that are going on in, in arts and entertainment and, and uh, the, what's, what's just talk about what the real issues are. And um, those on YouTube can obviously see the differences with the video here. I feel a little obligated to make sure our audio listeners know that I am a 40-something white man that was born and grew up in South Mississippi. And so my opinion just really doesn't matter. I'm about as politically incorrect as you can get. <laughs> and I have here with me my two guests, Donovan and Parker, and, and both of them. Well, you know what? I'm going to say the right thing first. These two are my brother and sister in Christ children of God. And as far as I'm concerned, that is really the only thing that matters. And I am glad they have agreed to join me here because at least I know that my brother and sister will have an open, honest discussion about just how crazy the world seems to be getting right now over this whole, what in kingdom terms is not a big deal, skin color issue. Um, but in worldly terms, it seems to be a big deal and seems to be getting worse and worse. So my guests here, Donovan and Parker, you are both, well, can I say black? Am I allowed to say black? Yes, you're allowed to say black. <laughs> I'm allowed to say, say, I don't know anymore. Or person of color. I don't, or, I don't know. Yeah. What's, what's the, you know what? You know what? Why can't we just, um, that's, I'm going to start using condiments instead. And some of the, some, we're going to call these people over here. Y'all going to be mayonnaise. <laughs> and we got some mustard people and some ketchup people and some barbecue sauce. And we all go good at the picnic. So let's just, and some of you got too much vinegar in you and they, you're ruining the picnic for everybody. <laughs> Can I do that? <laughs> you know, I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I know exactly where you're coming from. I have, and I'm pretty sure Donovan has experience too, where you have authors, white authors, or either authors of different ethnicities come to you and say, hey, um, I have a black character in my story. How should I describe them? And I would say, well, you describe them how you best feel. But just due to the sensitivity of the current climate, people are nervous about offending people and being offensive and being offensive. And it's to the point where anything can set it off. So you basically, a lot of people are walking on shells, eggshells. And that's and, where I am. I don't want, I mean, I want. I want to do the right thing, but I don't know what that is anymore. It seems to have changed over the past 10 to 15 years. Just somebody make me a list. Just make me a list of what I can and cannot say. 
<laughs> it'll be a very long list. <laughs> you have You're to right. scroll it up like the, t- you know, how in the Ten Commandments when uh, Charles Hudson <laughs> just scrolled up, just just scrolled up. But what were you going to say, Donovan? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I just think that um, you're right. It's 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 a definitely a lot of people uh, where in a climate where people feel more offended um, are more easily offended. I'm thinking of the scripture in, in 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about love is not easily provoked, and um, there are a lot of individuals who's who are provoked, and um, I don't want to minimize that provocation. Um, because it's legitimate in many respects. But at the same time, um, it's important to understand that, um, you know, we need to live peaceably with one another. And there is a way to do that, um, despite people's, um, you know, offenses. And um, so I, I just, you know, we can get there. We can get there. And I think it starts by, again, you know, having that that foundation being Christ. So exactly. Absolutely. Well, well, I don't, let's, let's just, start really digging into the conversation. One of you, could you really just kind of explain what exactly the issue is that's driving all this? So, I mean, what, what is it? Can you kind of define it? I'll defer to Donovan first. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a really large issue. A really large question. So I'll narrow it down. I think it, we have to, definitions are powerful things. And I'm reminded again of the scriptures where, um, God named, um, God named Adam and then Adam had the responsibility of naming other things. And so, uh, I learned a long time ago who names you, um, can define you and defines a narrative, defines a conversation. So what we're dealing with, I think is a lot of definitions and narratives and understanding where that's coming from. So I'll just use the, the racism. So when I hear people throw the word racism out, it means different. It means a different thing to me than I'm seeing bantied about in um, a lot of Facebook feeds. What I'm hearing when I think of face racism, I've, I've been brought up. Racism was a very specific thing. It was prejudice plus power. That's a little simple definition. Sure, Nowadays, sure. that's not how it's being portrayed in my eyes. It's being portrayed more as prejudice. So um, if you don't like um, a certain thing, you're racist. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Um, so I would say, yeah, you're prejudiced, but not necessarily racist. There's a difference. When you have the ability to superimpose your prejudices on other people, then yeah, now we've moved it to another level. But I find that that definition is not a definition that's satisfactory sometimes to my more um, conservative white evangelical brethren, you know, um, you hear things about um, uh, what's the term I heard? Racial, um, God, race, race theory, critical race theory. Yeah, yeah. And communism and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, when I grew up, when I when I was raised in school, no one's talking to me about communism. <laughs> <laughs> I, grew, I grew up in Detroit in the city public schools. No one was preaching books to me out of Marx. <laughs> Where do you think I got these ideas of race from? Like I just opened, cracked open the book. <laughs> so it's it's funny to me sometimes to hear the discussion because to me it just shows how much our our life experiences are really different. So, yeah, and and I was always uh, taught to believe that when it comes to the idea of prejudice, if if you want to test prejudice, all you've got to do is is flip the narrative to its opposite. 
and see if it still holds true or not. So whether it's a, a gender prejudice or a racial prejudice, if it's true for one sense, then you should be able to flip the narrative and it still remain true or, or right. false. But what I'm seeing is a lot, a lot of ways that even, even with the whole gender thing, uh, male, female, it's not true. You flip it and it's obvious that there is a bias in one direction over, over the other. So if you say something like, um, I don't know, I was thinking uh, I was on, on Disney plus. All right. And so there's, uh, what is it? Uh, Beyonce did the, the blackest King, right? Okay. So what's, if you flipped it, you basically say <laughs> white is supreme and we all know that's bad, right? So why is, why is it okay in the one sense and, and, but evil in the other sense? <laughs> you want to tackle that one, Parker? <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that because this happens a lot in, in a lot of different ways. And one of the reasons why is what Donovan says, the definition. And but people will counter you and say, you know what? You don't have the right to say that because for so long, white has been king. For so long, whites have controlled the narrative. For so long, this has happened. And there are instances where we can, when I even, there is a historical record showing that now people are expanding the narrative. And that is an important part of the discussion. For example, uh, when it comes to history, people are used to seeing African-Americans in one light. If we go through the Civil War, we see them only as slaves, only as oppressed. But that narrative is wider than that. And mm -hmm. now we're starting to see it. So when, and I've had this happen before. So when people say, well, Kevin, you shouldn't say that because you're a white male. And yes, black is king, but no, white is not king. They're actually responding to a historical precept that was true. You have to remember, too, there was a time where African-Americans had to give a reason for their existence. We have to go back into the narrative, back into the past. And the past does continue to shape the future. So, for example, like one preacher I heard talking about this. I mean, not a preacher. It was uh, Roland Martin. He's a very prominent uh, Black outspoken um, um media personality. He said, I don't have to give you my freedom papers. I don't have to give you my past. I don't have to explain my existence to you. And then people say that, well, no, you don't have to. But if you're talking about many years of having to have to do that, and then now you say, well, we say black is king. What people are doing, they're fighting against that historical precept. And that's something that needs to be understood. I'm not saying that it's right but it is a fact of a right. life that has to be acknowledged. And so right. for me, I may look at Kevin and say, oh, Kevin's my boy, Donovan's my boy. That's no big deal. But for these people, they're looking back and say, yeah, you know, you cannot say white is king because so long white has been king. For so long, this has happened. So that's why people say that. Do I necessarily agree with that? I'm going to keep quiet on it. But I understand why they would reject you saying that and right. accept the other part. What about you, Donovan? Please correct me where you feel I'm wrong. Seriously. Oh, uh, no correction. No correct. I just think uh, you hit on the t uh, hit on the key. When I think you just simply, I think Kevin 
uh, as a white male, as a white person, you're not the audience. When someone says black king, they're not talking to you. Right. Fundamentally, that black person is talking to another black person. And nine times out of 10, they're specifically talking to a black male and um, particularly young black males, because young black males in the historical narrative have been at the bottom of society. In fact, a, a lot of us um, only see our history from the standpoint, again, as, as Park was saying, in the media portrayed as slaves and nothing else. It's like other than our time as slavery in this country, there is that's where we begin. Right. You know, and when you take it beyond that, what you realize is that our culture, our people, you know, where we derive from Africa was a nation, a continent rather, of um, kings and queens. And that's where that's what that's talking about. And it's reminding us that we are more than our entry point here in the United States of America as slaves. That's what that's referencing. And so what's happening is that it's really a dog whistle. <laughs> it's a dog whistle to the black community that says, hey, that is a good way to describe it, Don. I would never have thought about that. This is what happens. You get writers all together and we use these analogies and metaphors and allegorical <laughs> sayings, because as soon as you said that, I was reminded of a quote that my good friend Saprina told me. That was Saprina. No, my agent. She told me she said slavery interrupted right. history. It did right. not define it. And those these are the kind of conversations they're very difficult to have because I'm sure Kevin like, you know what, but that wasn't me. I didn't do that to you. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I agree with you. I remember when the whole stuff, when it really blew up um, with um, um, George, when it really blew up with him. Yeah. And, and that's um, about to blow up again, by the way, if you've been following the news, the trial is about to start. So yeah. Hold on. So now it's going to be a lot more of this just prick, 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 prick. But what happened is that, uh, people start having a conversation. So Donovan, you may have experienced too. All of a sudden you had like this influx of white uh, friends say, are you okay? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm fine. Uh, I, I'm not, we're not related. <laughs> okay? right. I, I'm not laughing because he's bad, but I'm like, we're related. There is no monolithic. It's not like Spock. Remember Spock when all the ship in, in Star Trek, the original series, when the whole ship got destroyed by the amoeba and Spock was like, oh, and it was like, what's wrong, Spock? He said, you know, all 400 Vulcans died just now. And, you, you know, <laughs> it's not that. Nothing like that happened. I was still, I'm still alive. I did not feel his pain or anything. But that's what happened. So part of the narrative, too, part of the understanding, too, is that there is no monolithic Black mind. If there was a monolithic Black mind, then me and Donovan will be talking the exact same thing right now. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> we have two different perspectives on two different things. So, well, let me ask: what's what's the what's the perfect end result of all of this? I mean, I, I, I always thought the end result was that there was there was equal inclusion, equal representation, but it it seems to be swinging into a voluntary segregation again which is not the world that I want. Um, but we're seeing, you know, there's, there's more black only things. Do we, Again, do we need that, that? Yeah. I don't, I don't think the issue is need. Um, I think the issue is it's like, you got, when you are the dot, you are aware that you are the dot in the room when you, and because you're not the, and the room recognizes that you are different. <laughs> When I went to predominantly white, you got, I went to predominantly white um, high school. I was the only 
black person, only African American in my graduating class of 400. And I learned a lot, but I had come from Detroit. So I went from this all black environment to this all white environment. And my story was such that the Detroit News did a story about me to see what, and it was during the period of time of the Brown versus Topeka Board of Education um, ruling. And so they wanted to see, they took my story and they took the story of another white man, a white um, student, and they compared and contrasted our stories. And the reason you had to ask the question as to what we should be called, is it okay to call you black? versus is it okay to call you Negro versus is it okay to call you black African-American because the identity of people of color, specifically black Americans have been stripped to such a degree that we ourselves have had to identify who are we because we've lost those cultural ethnic distinctions from Africa. Now that's been all removed. Now we're just in this, this puddle together. There's no Nigerians over here. There's no Sudanese and Congolese. We're all just black. And that, that definition came from the people who brought us here. <laughs> so we have adopted that. <laughs> this binary way of thinking was thrust upon us. So now what you're seeing is like an emergence and an understanding of that we are more than just the descendants of slaves. We are more yeah. than just black people. But it's also important to understand who are we in comparison to, it's not an issue of people not wanting you to have anything, but it's understanding um, who we are um, as as a people. So I'll kind of pause. I have no idea who I am. I, I think my, my people came from Europe somewhere, but uh, I have no idea. And it's, as far as I'm concerned, I'm American. When can we well, get to the point where we're all just Americans? It's funny because I always say I'm clear <laughs> because the reason why I say I'm always clear is because I have been too dark to be white and too white to be black based on somebody's <laughs> criteria. Uh, I I remember growing up because I spoke a different way. I was a white girl. I was called white girl a long, for a long time. Um, so I have learned to be just Parker. And I am a child of the king. And Christ really, being in Christ really decimates all these differences oh, it yes. decimates it and god made us these beautiful colors because he likes to paint he likes the mosaic he likes to see his children beautiful children that's what that's what christ does he's the one who truly cuts all this stuff out that's why there's so much division about what to do what to say and that's why when we seek who our purpose who we are in christ that supersedes everything. If it supersedes ethnicity, culture, status, family, it supersedes everything because we're greater in him than we could be by ourselves. So that's why I was uh, talking about, you know, the whole Spock thing. Like Spock was like, I'm half, he, even though he was a half breed <laughs> Balkan, he was half breed, he was half Balkan, half uh, right. human, but he still felt the pull of his people, but he was also caught and being around humans so maybe Spock had problems you know maybe he had problems mixing in so it's an interesting conversation and it's a difficult one to have because so many people say well just forget about it, just forget about it. you really can't and uh this yeah. case coming up is really going to be bringing it all back up again everyone's going to feel all those emotions and they're going to be like oh man we got to deal with this again and people are going to be rioting and acting crazy and foolish and you kind of go like oh and you want it to end but it can't end, but 
it can't, I don't think it can end because sin is all about dominance. It's all about one part taking over the other part. So even as things switch over, there's not going to be a unity. There's going to be a dominance. That's what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. It's like with female, like women, like nowadays women are being touted as, um, you know, just in weird ways. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, women can be just as bad as men, right? I actually got censored on Facebook recently because we were looking at a doc. Do you know they got a Corella DeVille, live action Corella DeVille coming out, apparently? Yes. I didn't know that. And so uh, they were, the article was saying, you know what? Why can't women just be villainesses? Why do they have to change the story and say, well, she's not really that bad? I said, women can be just as evil as men. You know, go figure. And I got censored for saying that. Facebook said I did something wrong. I said I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't say anything. He said that was hate speech. There is nothing hateful about what I said. It was true. It was absolutely true. Right. Women can be as evil as men. History tells us that. But all of a sudden, you can't say that. I am a woman. I am fully aware <laughs> where <laughs> how women can be. Just like you guys are men, you're fully aware how men can be. But that's what I say. Sin is all about dominance. It's not about unity. Yes. And, and I'm so, so thankful that um, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can have a conversation when we know that at the, at the end of the day, at that, when we all reach eternity, this is, this is a non-issue in God's kingdom. Amen. And, and we can, the world just needs Jesus. That's, that's why I like to look at it. It just needs Jesus. They're going crazy over things that don't matter to God. The yeah. world needs Jesus. Um, but I, I want to let me ask you to this. I feel like that we're go, we've gone we've gone backwards with the whole racial conversation. I think about uh, a few things. I think uh, um, I think it was 1995. DC Talk released their Jesus Freak album. So Toby Mac, Kevin Max, uh, Michael Tate did a little song in between two of their songs, a little ditty called Two Honks and a Negro. Can you remember that? I know Toby Mac. I don't remember that song. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember the song either, but just hearing that is hysterical right now. <laughs> uh, they, they would never do that today. No. Never. And I'm okay uh, with that. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear it. Now I want to go hear it. Go hear I'm sure it you now. can look it up. It's, it's probably on YouTube somewhere if it hasn't gotten censored. Um, I think about the uh, TV show Scrubs mm -hmm. uh, that ran in the early 2000s with best friends, Turk and JD, and, and they, they were comfortable enough in who they were racially to rib each other over it. And, you know, uh, JD would, would, would dress up like a, a rap star and trying to, to act like he was black and Turk would be, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And uh, uh, JD would call him Chocolate Bear. And it was just, it was good natured a way of acknowledging and celebrating each other's differences. And then uh, a few years ago, I remember, see, I, I grew up, uh, one of the good things my parents did, uh, and, and they grew, they grew up in the time of desegregation. They, they, they remember when desegregation happened. And so uh, over the years, they've had to deal within themselves to make themselves better with the whole racial issue because they, they, they were raised with certain bias, you know, and, and they are um, different people today than, than they were 30 or 40 years ago in that regard. Um, the Christians are trying to grow themselves and be better. And, and, and I'm proud of them for that. But one of the things that they really 
my dad really did well was um, he didn't, there was no such color with our entertainment. There was no such thing as color with our entertainment in our home. We would watch Sanford and son and then watch married with children. Oh my gosh. Right. We would watch uh, family matters and then watch full house back to back. You know, he, he loved to watch Martin, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I was just watching that. Recently it wasn't. Too. Was, and, and one of his favorites, he was a, a good Eddie Murphy movie was one of his favorite things to do. So I never really thought about it. I mean, black, black movie, white movie. It, it, there was nothing. There was no such thing as that in my house. We just enjoyed the entertainment of, of whatever was available. But I remember a few years ago, my wife and I went to go watch a movie. And we said, we picked that. I was like, this, this should be a good movie. This is going to be a good movie. The Butler. And we were, Oh, okay. We, we sat in the theater and before the movie started, I got to looking around. We're the only white people in the theater. And at the end of the movie, I could tell this movie was not made for me to watch. I was not the audience for the movie. And it, and for the first time, that was the first time it ever struck me mm. that there was a division in the way we're creating entertainment. And so I can't help but wonder, are we going backwards? Or no, are, are, have no we actually made progress? Yeah, that's to me, that's no different than going on Amazon and, you know, and looking at you're not there. There's a there's an African-American fiction section. You're not going there probably nine times out of 10. You won't think twice about not going there. Um, I didn't, I, I wasn't I, looking I, for it. I would expect it all to be mixed in. No, 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 no. You know, I think, and here's the thing for me. It's like, I've, I've grown up with all those shows too. Sanford and Son, The Jeffersons, Archie Bunker, Good Times. <laughs> you know, most of those shows are not written by black people. And so they're not necessarily true to the experience of us as black people, you know, but those are the shows that we are the ones almost that's that's the narrative that's being portrayed to people now this doesn't mean that those shows weren't enjoyable to watch it doesn't mean there's nothing edifying to get out of those shows um but if i want to make a show going back to the butler about the experience like that i wouldn't i wouldn't expect that to come from basically a white guy right you know so it's not an issue of going backwards. It's an issue of telling a broader and making more stories available. So there are more stories out there to be told. And it's not a matter of whether the black stories or white stories, they're stories. Right. <laughs> I guess I would make a caveat to that because one thing that burns me is when someone tells another person they can't do or write a certain story. I had a young lady come to me in tears because she wanted to have a black character in her story. And she said, Parker, it makes sense. This might, this is, this is the, the character. And she said, you can't, someone told you, you can't write a black character because you're white. And I said, I want someone to tell me that. Tell me what I can't do with my book. I want you to try it. <laughs> try it. You know? Right. And they're saying like you have to, I said, just don't write. And I still, I stand by this 100%. Don't write from a place of ignorance. When I wrote a Chinese story, I had to research it. I asked some Chinese friends. I asked people. I went online. I researched it. Just don't come from a place of ignorance. Or if the color is not about a cultural 
aspect to it, then it's fine. If you're writing, let's say, some space, whatever, and the person just happens to be African-American and Black, and you're just using it as a character because they come from another planet, three miles, you know, on Mars or whatever, that's fine. You see what I'm saying? But if you're coming from a cultural experience, don't come at from a place of ignorance. And that's why I get really, really irritated. I don't care if people who watch this unfriend me. I don't care. You do not tell someone what they can't write. Okay. God gave us all the ability to write our stories. If freaking 50 shades of gray. Okay. (laughs) And that blew up. Christians were reading that book. (laughs) Okay. I refuse to give that one my money. That's why I didn't read it. But Everyone knows about the story. Everyone knows about the book. You know, if that can blow up and this guy is hitting her with whips and doing all kind of crazy stuff to her, you're not going right. to tell me what I can. I can't write. So I just always tell people just don't write from a place of ignorance. And when I did a workshop about this a couple of years ago, this guy, he wanted to do a uh, military and he wanted his family to be Korean. I said, just ask questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> just ask. And people are very encourage when you want to genuinely know about their culture i have korean friends i ask questions all the time i have indian friends i ask questions all the time i have chinese friends i ask all the time i have a lot of different ethnic people around me that i can ask questions of so ask if you don't have those friends it's okay you still got time <laughs> go ahead and ask. right and my wife and i were having a conversation earlier about this it's <laughs> difficult to know where the line is i, I guess the, the line doesn't really exist anymore it's just a big old gray box now yep. um between trying to properly represent and celebrate through imitation or or through writing or whatever another culture versus uh, a cultural appropriation or, or you you can't do that because you don't have the right. You're, you're not, you're not black. So you can't write a black character. You're not Chinese. So you can't draw a Chinese cartoon in your children's book. Yeah. That's hey, bringing up Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I'm sorry, Doc. Go ahead. Go. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I would just say that, you know, I agree with Parker in the sense that, you know, write what you want to write, but be respectful to who, for who you're writing about, you know, uh, you know, I think it's, it's just as simple as that. So I, I, I agree. I, you know, I'll be one hundred percent behind that. I just think the thing to remember is that entertainment, predominantly, um, in the same way, I think most people would agree that African Americans in the United States. And let's make it clear: when we talk about race, we're primarily talking about stuff that's happening in this country. Yeah. We're not talking about the broader world. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're exactly. Right. I had a friend. We're, we're in a microscopic. Time. <laughs> right. you know, I, the world I, is X billions of people and there's 330 million in the US. Let's make so let's make it clear. We're talking about race relations primarily as it relates to what's happening in the yes. United States. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we're talking about white evangelical, uh, white evangelicals, conservative, liberal. When we have these, we're talking about we're talking about the US. So we yes. have a really thems. We like Church making us as price is worldwide. Okay. Generation to generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, so I always laugh when I hear stuff like, you know, every like everything is just we're the center of the universe. You, you know? know, you didn't know that. I'm like, geez, Louise. <laughs> so but when it but, you know, really getting to the issue about entertainment. So I think there's two aspects of it. I think there's the part to ask that, that Parker talked about. And that is like, look, uh, I'm not of X ethnicity or culture and I have to write or create entertainment content that deals with somebody that I'm not familiar with. Well, you know what? Get familiar with it. I think right. of Moana. 
um, the Disney um, that was good. That came out. The, the creators really took the time to understand that culture and they were praised by the people when they, when the, when that movie came out because they took the time to do that. I think if we as creators do that nine times out of 10, you're not gonna have a problem. There's always gonna be the one, you're not gonna please everybody. Then I think there's the other side of it, which I'm addressing and that is the issue of the majority of content is not controlled or created by African-Americans when it comes to entertainment. And that's what you have to understand too. It's like, so our stories are not the stories that are primarily been told historically in media. And so now that there is an ability to tell those stories, that's what you're seeing. Would be the fact that there's a BET means that there was enough money and somebody said, hey, you know what? Our stories haven't been told. Less there's a genre that African-Americans, there's content that African-Americans would like to see. And that's why you that's why you don't have a white entertainment network, because everything is white entertainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And then and that's just the way it's just been that way. And that's why right now people are aware of it. Probably maybe people maybe they were like dissident voices saying this stuff. But now when the whole George Floyd thing happened and I think it was George Floyd, Omar Avery, but it's just years and years and years of this stuff happening. And then the pandemic hit, everyone had nothing else to do. <laughs> no one had nothing else to yeah. do. And then we saw this thing happen and really started to open up these sores that we have been sitting on for a while. And so it opened up um, uh, conversations that had to be spoken that had not been spoken before. And again, I'm not one to put a broad paint, a brush on everyone. I do as much as I possibly can to see people as individuals. I see Donovan as an individual, see Kevin as an individual, but we do understand that these things have happened to African-Americans for a long time. But I'm sure. going to, and I, Donovan, you may disagree with me on it, which is totally okay, but I'm also the opinion that no one ethnic group holds the banner of paint. I think we all have hurt, every ethnic group has hurt another ethnic group at some point in history. I don't think, like, I remember this one poor man, it was so sad. The guy was talking about how he has this phobia where he's afraid of people. He was a Jewish man, and it was during World War II, and he was being uh, stared at by this guy, and the guy was like, are you a Jew? And he was like, no, I'm Catholic, you know, <laughs> so he was scared. And that led to this year, years and years of being afraid of people. And so he was telling his story. And I was like, wow, that's just terrible. All of a sudden, this guy in the comment section goes on and says, well, your story is sad, but I have to tell you that black people have been the most oppressed, depressed, suppressed, and oppressed people on the planet. I'm like, can he have his moment of pain? It's his story. He is telling his story about his personal experience, and you come down here and automatically just slap his pain away because his pain can't be as bad as yours. Hmm. No, no, we don't hold the banner of pain. We don't hold the banner of mistreatment. I don't believe we do. Now, Don, you may disagree with me or may make a caveat to my statement, which I'm totally fine with. But I just think that everyone has their own pain. We shouldn't negate everyone's pain either. What are, what's your thoughts? Before, I, I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean, I didn't That's mean fine. To say That's that. fine. This is good. That's great. <laughs> okay. well, I don't think there's an issue of agreement or disagreement. I mm -hmm. think it's more of an issue of the fact that there's just simply a lot of, there's diversity in the world. Yeah. And uh, in the same way, that there are, there's a lot to discover in the planet just from a scientific standpoint. Right. And so we should mine that, we should discover that, we should extrapolate all of that. 
And that's what you see when you have historically, and again, I'm thinking binary right now, I'm primarily thinking white and black because historically within the United States, that's how things have pretty much been contextualized, okay? Um, So I am painting a broad stroke, but not taken away from what what, what Parker has said, but only because I think historically that's accurate within within the US. And um, that being said, you know, the, mas- the majority of stories that are non-white are the ones that are coming up to the surface more often. Um, I, w- I won't even say more often. They're com- they're, people are being more, more aware of them. I think, that's a, I think that's due to a lot of things. The internet, uh, the centralization of media, the fact that people have greater wealth. Um, I don't think there's one thing that's the result of that. Um, so African-Americans in particular have always had a creativity when it comes to music, but you have not always seen that same level of influence affect the visual arts. Okay. And I'd say that even with the African-American church, it's like um, the fact that you had, like I was thinking about how many African-American Christian fantasy authors do you know? You know, when I went to, when I went, I, I love sure they existed, honestly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. That's and, the point. And, and it's not that I, I I was trying to not see them. I mean, I just exactly. I I think I asked Parker that question last time I was on. I said, "Where where are the black men writing Christian fiction?" Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Don. Don is like, hello. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but I mean, when you go to a bookstore and you go to the Christian section and you find black male authors, it's mostly like like self help empowerment. You know, God wants you to yep. be your best type of books. Jakes, Miles yes. Monroe, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Evans. Yeah. It's always a pastor. And it's always, I should say always. Usually it's a pastor or somebody who's um thinking about the, the famous speaker, um, black male, dark beard. I'm forgetting his name. He's, he's bald headed. He's bald headed. Kind of bald, yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I, you know, I, uh, yeah, yeah we both got brain freezes right now but anyway oh gosh. <laughs> usually it's some type of self-help kind of thing uh-huh. so you're not typically hearing of african-americans um black people writing white, about dragons yeah, yeah. Writing about dragons and stuff like that. that's not something you're you know we're not known for that <laughs> but it's so funny but that's but that's changing too because mm-hmm. of the fact that we're seeing african-americans in different lights than other than slave light. And I'm, um, yeah. do you remember um, uh, Alien Worlds on Netflix? And people know I'm a sci-fi chick. I love my sci-fi fantasy, you know. And on Alien Worlds, there was this black scientist who's an astrophysicist. And she was a heavyset woman and she looked like me. That's one way to describe she looked like me. And she was a scientist. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, that's going to be incredible that some young person is going to look and see this scientist being a scientist. And I used to be a little off about representation, but now I see the importance of it. It doesn't, I mean, not that I say you have to be a scientist, whatever, but I'm not, I'm just saying that she saw herself. So there, there is something to it. Do we should make it the for all and be all? No, but there is something to it. So, and I know Donovan was like, you got to tell him about RM. We went to RM that one time. You got to tell him. <laughs> I started, I started that. So it's it funny. Because uh, I got invited to Realm Makers. It's an awesome group. It's an awesome yeah. experience. Yes. I advocate anybody. Uh, we're, we're all Realm Makers members. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love it. I had a great time. But I was the only Black person there. Yeah. And again, I, I'm the dot. Okay. 
So I am, but and so in the same way, that feeling that you had being in that movie theater, seeing yeah, all of that, sure. being around and realizing I'm, there's something, I'm, I'm different. You know, that's the experience I had going to Railmakers. It's not intentional. No one, no one said anything bad or anything like that. Everyone treated me with, with dignity, respect. I had a great and wonderful time, met a great and wonderful people. And, and the conference mean? organizers, uh, they, it was, like you said, it was not intentional. Yeah. They want anybody who writes this stuff to come regardless of race or gender. Exactly. Um, and I know that. Like, so the question I have to ask is, where's my people? Where, where are they? Where are they? <laughs> where yes. are my people? You know, why aren't they there? And um, and then I went to a black, not a, not a, not a conference, but a black book fair in Detroit. And I'm like, here, here they are. They're, 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 they're just different markets and they meet differently and how they do things is just different, but here they are, they were, they were all there, you know, yeah. but I found it's primarily centered around the African-American church. That's where the nucleus is. And so realm makers doesn't probably have, I'm guessing, I'm speculating. I don't know. But my guess is they probably don't have a lot of experience with the African-American church. And that's where that, that connection is not being made. Sure. I don't know and, and I'm glad you, you went there because that's sort of where um, I want us to, to kind of wrap this discussion up with this last little bit. Um, being in ministry, uh, I am well aware that the Christian church in America is the most segregated institution in our country. And we shouldn't be. Uh, we should be doing better. How can we as a church do better? <laughs> you the pastor. <laughs> well, I know, I know people say, oh, but 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 the black church, they worship differently than the white church. I'm like, well, but can't can't we find a way to worship together? We're worshiping the same God. Let's find a way to worship together. Where I'm together. gonna joke with you, Kevin, and say, man, you sure. You can't hang in church for hours like we hang in church, man. You, yeah. you know, like, white, man white man can't praise and worship for hours now. They go out, then come back to church. They do all <laughs> wait, wait. That was sure. That, that was my husband's problem. When he came to our church, we'd be in church. He was like all day, <laughs> all day. All day he was like, "What are we still doing here?" Because he was raised Catholic. Okay, he got an hour. Okay, oh, everything. Da, da, da. <laughs> hour. Okay, and he was like, "What are we still doing here?" You know, he was like, and then, I, and I'm used to it, so it's no big deal. But I got to tell you this time, I go to now I go to predominantly white church, and I don't, I don't like my hour. I get, <laughs> we are done in an hour. I like that. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, but and it's fun. And see, those things are fun. Because uh, at my, the church I go to now, uh, when I first went there, it was very different from everything I had ever known. It was very different. I did not want to be there. My husband would not go back to my church. He would not go back. He was like, I'm not going anywhere. I don't want to go anywhere. All right, fine. So what happened, I was a pew warmer for about a year. Then they, uh, the, my grandma talked to me. She got me off my butt. And then they offered, hey, you want to come sing? So I went to go sing. And so I started doing what I have been doing at church, you know, clapping and jumping around stuff. And, you know, stuff I've been used to. And, and one lady came, she was like, who are you? That's <laughs> what she said. She was like, like, who are you? I said, you know, she said, I've, you have so much energy. I've, I've never seen that before. And I'm like, 
She said, how do you stay on beat? Honest to God, this is like what she told me. How do you stay on beat? How do you move and, and turn with the beat? I said, I really can't tell you that. It's something I really can't teach it to you. So, but going back to your question, Kevin, can you just, we're not just going off topic. We're going off question. Sure. saying that it's, 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 it's mingling. It's understanding. It's being willing to go visit. It's being willing to uh, do that kind of stuff. Uh, we had a Catholic priest actually in the, when I used to go to the old church, he actually wanted all of us to come together. So we went to his Catholic church, right? And the kids there, they were like, look, they don't clap after songs. <laughs> so don't expect to clap after the song. And then he did like a, some, some something, I don't know. And the kids were like, wow, that's a huge cookie, right? <laughs> it's like, it's not a cookie. It was a wafer for communion, I guess, you know? Uh -huh. And we were dancing around, moving, and they were like, and so the later the priest was like, he said, Anglos, see see what our uh, our our black brothers and sisters do. They move. <laughs> he was like, look, they could do that too. It's just not, I don't want to say forcing, but being open to fellowshipping together, being open right. to having those because in black churches, that's what we did. We, if we want to support one church, we go to afternoon service, 4 yep. p.m. to 6 p.m. or 6 p.m. to 10, whichever one, and you will fellowship. That's what has to happen, more fellowship. And I think I don't, I don't, but I don't want to force it either. Don, you, you probably have better insight to that part. I don't want to force. I don't think we should well, force I'm, it either. To your question, Kevin, I think yeah. the solution uh, fundamentally is as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. So as we have the opportunity to fellowship one another, take advantage of that. Use those. Recognize that that's a that's a door that God has opened up. Um, and that might just simply mean um, just visiting another church. It just might simply mean introducing yourself. It might mean um, so how I got to Realmic, how I got to be the dot was that another brother in Christ, prominent brother, just simply say, hey, man, I, I really encourage you to go, da, 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 and I, and I went. You know, and I'm willing to go back again, even if I'm the only other black, even if I'm the only black person there. I think it's the same thing when it comes to church. You have to be willing to, to reach out. That's, that's what the gospel is all about, Amen. about, you know, getting out, you know, getting out of the salt shaker, getting out of the four walls. And if we're not willing to do that, it'll never, there'll never be any changes. Sure. So that means we've got to think, we got to be creative in terms of our willingness to really extend ourselves. Uh, it, it's amazing to me when I see, when I see churches spend thousands of dollars to go overseas to Africa to help kids but never go visit another black church in, in, in their own state. That's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and as, as a minister, well, yeah, it does. It, it, it hurts. It hurts my heart a little bit to know that the church can't seem to find a way to look like we're going to look in heaven. Right. So you think that being in the, in the church should be practice for what we're going to do in heaven together. And, if, and for some reason we can't, we, we've struggled to get there, and I, I would really, uh, really love to see more of that mingling together. Um, and, and if we can be an example, if we can show them how to do it right, we can have these conversations and get together and worship together, fellowship together, then maybe some of this craziness going on in the world will start to, to settle out and people will start to, you know, see each other the way God meant us to see each other. Amen. And like me and Donovan, you know, uh, me and Donovan get along and we can have a conversation and not flip out and get mad and say, Kevin, you can't ask that question. You know, we, we don't do that because we understand at, 
the conversations are difficult. They're hard. They may make you feel uncomfortable, but that's the best place to be because you're learning something and you're, you're opening your mind to something different. And that that's, that's where we have to start. It's just, let's talk about it. And I do that all the time. I'm you know, all the time we talk about it. So. Yeah. I had a kid once when I was in high school, again, I was only basically only black kid in this entire school, 2000 people. And, um, he asked me once he said, um, does your, your, your hair doesn't get dirty. Your hair does. You, do you wash your hair? And I just thought it was just the craziest thing to think that this kid's thinking, dude, you know, why do you think that my hair doesn't get dirty? You know, but instead, at, at first I was upset. And I think people have to understand that sometimes when people approach another person of color, you might actually invoke some offense. But at the same time, the onus has to be on us sometimes too to realize that you're not trying to be a fit. You just honestly don't know. Right. You honestly don't know. And you're trying to reach out to learn to know. And I'm reminded of a Star Trek episode two, uh, <laughs> funny enough, where Captain Picard, uh, this is when um, not the main um, doctor was on board, but they had this like replacement doctor. Yeah. Um, Dr. Skolaski. Yeah. Skolaski. Yeah. Dr. Skolaski. And she was really upset with Picard. They were always butting heads. And he told her, he said, I recognize that you're trying to, uh, she was surprised that he approved, she, he had approved his, her request and he says, I yeah. recognize you're trying to fulfill the terms of what I had agreed upon. It was on natural selection season two. There you go. That's <laughs> and so oh, that's how wow. I realized when it when it comes to like that students, like I realized he was just simply trying to read it. He was not trying to be offensive. He was honestly trying to know and understand. And uh, so I let him know I, I educated and that was okay. And you know, he wasn't being racist or anything or being prejudiced. You know, he had some ideas that were just simply wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, but I had to be in a place personally where I was willing to receive him and not go off on him. And yet at the same time, you know, share with him the reality of stuff. And he was open enough to receive it, too. And I think if we can do that as adults right. <laughs> and not high schoolers <laughs> and right. across, then we'll probably be better, a lot better off as, as a country, as a church and a lot of other things, you sure. know, in person. Yeah. Be open to receive, just yeah. receive correction and understand it's a two-way street. Exactly. Yeah. And if we, if we can model these kinds of conversations uh, as children of God, then maybe the rest of the world will catch on. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up right there. So I want to give both of you a chance. We'll start with Donovan to tell all the listeners and watchers uh, about your, your books, give us your website um, and what you've been up to lately as an author. And then we'll let uh, Parker do that as well. All right. Well, thanks Kevin again for being on the show. Um, again, my name is Donovan Neal. I am the uh, author of the third heaven series. Uh, it's four book series. First is called third heaven, the rise and fallen stars. It is the um, fictional tale. I tell people jokingly, I was not there. I have no firsthand knowledge as to how Lucifer fell, but it is the it is the fictional story of how Lucifer, how how the devil became the devil. And so I tell people, if you like the, the Avengers, if you like um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, are you saying uh, Captain America was there? <laughs> <laughs> I was, now he might have used the Infinity Stones. You never know. You know how to go back in time and check some things out. You know, you never know. But uh, yeah, so if people like those type of those type of stories. Um, then uh, I think you like my, my books. I always tell people, I said, I'm not trying to be doctrinally correct in the book. It's just a fun tale that's written from primarily a Christian perspective. Sure. Uh, and if you can, if, in the same way that you recognize that in Star Wars, those, those, those ships can't fly that way. If you can set that aside, <laughs> then you can read my book and you'll be all right. <laughs> 
So my website is donovanmneal.com. You can find all my information there. <laughs> yep. I'll put it in the description. Parker? And Donovan's book is good. He's been on my show before, but it's been a minute, young man. So you've been on my show, so you got to come back. But for those of you, I am Parker J. Cole. I am author, podcaster, speaker. And my podcast, I showcase Christian authors worldwide. It's called Write Stuff Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then I also have a biblical education current event interview show on Saturdays called the Parker J. Cole Show, very creatively. And I do that 2 p.m. Eastern time. So you can just check it at pjcmedia.net for that. And I also write, I write primarily romance, contemporary and historical romance. Um, I do have some speculative works out that no one has read because most of my romance readers don't read speculative fiction. But um, if I wanted to gear it for those who may be interested in my speculative fiction i write under uh, parker Payne, which is a uh tribute to my granny who taught me how to read and to write so that's why i write a parker Payne as granny but yeah so i write my uh newest project is hopefully coming out very soon uh yeah i hope it comes out very soon but i'm still working <laughs> on it so kevin again thank you for allowing me to be part of your podcast once again thank sure. you for just letting us have the conversation letting us talk and we had a good time laugh joke had good times ups and downs was wonderful <laughs> yes I, I'm, I'm very thankful that that you know, as christians we can gather we can have these conversations without getting mad at each other oh so thank you so much donovan thank you parker for being on here and thank you for the wonderful conversation the insights just answering some questions that i have you know as a middle-aged white man from south mississippi i had some questions i wanted to to, to get some answers to it, and then, you know, who am I going to ask, right? You can ask, I'll get hit in the face. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Thank y'all so much. It's been very insightful, and it's been a lot of fun, and some laughter, and everything. And thank you all for watching on YouTube. Thank you for listening on your favorite podcast app. Uh, thank you for joining us. Please subscribe. Please leave a comment, and we'll see you next time on the Neon Fish Podcast. Yeah.